welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so excited to share that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Motto. Motto is the new no-nonsense hookup app for gay and queer people. Hookup apps have become a staple in queer culture, but they also come with bullshit. Headless torsos, blank profiles, catfishing, and endless scrolling of the grid for hours. We've all been there. On Motto, every profile is verified by a real human, and every photo has a face. Motto sends you daily matches of people who match your interests and kinks. There are no fees, no ads, and no nonsense. Get Motto today by going to tinyurl.com slash mottoblocktalk or visit the link in my link tree. Motto, gain queer hookups without the nonsense. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The kids are coming together, but it's no merge. Gay vendettas are the theme of this episode. Which homo will reign supreme? It's time to talk all things Survivor 44, the birdcage. And joining me are two Survivor fans who don't mind getting down and dirty when it comes to this game. It's Mark and James. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting uh, me and Mark onto the podcast. Yes, thank you so much. This is going to be so fun. I'm very excited. I love bringing new voices to the show because people sometimes get tired of my silly opinions. Um, But I just love talking with fellow Survivor fans. And to get you acclimated with the audience, I would love to hear your history with Survivor. When you got into the show, um, who some of your favorite players are? Have you ever played live versions of the game? Um, Mark, let's start with you. Can you hear me? Okay, now I can hear you. It just kind of cut out. Was that for me? Am I going first? You can go first. Okay. So I first started watching it from season two. And I don't know. I always root for women for some reason. Maybe a gay thing. Gays and women are my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like watching and being obsessed with Tina. So that was my first intro to the show. And then off and on. I would watch, you know, from college, I took a and then I watched Nayanka in Nicaragua and I was like obsessed again Um, with it. But now the last like 10 years, I've been watching it ever since. And I just played a live game this weekend. So I'm still uh, in it. Um, And when I played with Tiffany Seeley this weekend, so it was kind of cool to actually play the survivor. Yeah, so so I'm still in it, still watching it, still obsessed. Um, but I have horrible memory, so I don't know if vote counts or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, and it's interesting that you say uh, Tina was your go-to girl for that season. Uh, would you like to know who mine was? Yes. Elizabeth Filarski. <laughs> Stalker. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a big old crush on that girl, and then she became Elizabeth Hasselbeck, and everything changed. Yeah. She was fun to watch. I remember her crazy hair. <laughs> if uh, if uh, he who shall not be named did not fall into the fire, I do believe she would have won the season. 
Damn. I can see that. <laughs> um, all right. James, what about you? How, what's your history? Um, yeah, so also I have been watching for a very, very long time. Um, I used to watch when my family was actually introduced me to the show back in Borneo. I think episode four was the first episode I watched. And then I've been watching ever since. I think my super fandom really kicked in when All Stars came out because that was like the big event in the Survivor and reality TV world, you know, just seeing everyone come mm-hmm. back again. And then from that point onwards, like I would go on all the message boards, like Survivor Sucks, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I've been a loyal fan. Um, of course, you know, uh, also the similar opinion that I always root for the woman, typically. Um, you know, all the all the uh, icons of Survivor history, uh, Sue Hawk, Jerry, Sheehan, I love, uh, Sandra, Courtney Yates, um, I can go on and on. Uh, but that's basically my a Survivor background. And then I also have competed in games. Uh, me and Mark both belong to the Survivor Brooklyn South community. Uh, we didn't play on the same seasons together, but... That was the only one that I did. That was four years ago. Um, I haven't dipped my toes back in since then, but that was pretty much my uh, experience with that. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I applied this year. I was like, you know, let me try uh, Survivor in New York because I got an email. So you know what? Why not? Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know how it would fare. I, I joke that I would be terrible at the actual game of Survivor because I'm the a kind of person who requires air conditioning to survive. Uh, so put me on Big Brother. I can do that one. Survivor, um, we'll see. So maybe a little test run uh, in the wilderness of New York will determine if I can do it. <laughs> what are your overall thoughts so far, six episodes into Survivor 44? Um, so I actually have been enjoying the season a lot. Um, I've had a lot of mixed opinions about the, you know, quote unquote, new era of Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to be someone who's a little more cynical of modern Survivor in general. Um, but I do feel like this season has really been delivering. And I think it's mostly been due to the cast. Um, I think they really struggled with some of the people that they casted this season, particularly, obviously, Carolyn. And I think Jam Jen, too. And just the dynamic of the two of them has been really entertaining to watch. Um, you know, I still think the show has some of the same struggles that it deals with in terms of like the overreliance on advantages and idols and stuff like that. But I feel like the show has been entertaining in spite of that. And I've been um, enjoying watching it so far. Nice. Yeah, me too. I, I've really enjoyed the season so far, but it kind of doesn't feel like real Survivor yet to me since like the new era. Um, I feel like people aren't getting enough screen time that, you know, like some people I don't even know that are on the show Yeah. for half the thing. Like I just know their names and I don't like, they get no confessionals. And I'm like, I have no idea who these people are, but the people, most of the people that I'm seeing, I'm enjoying. So like Carolyn, it's probably like the most entertaining person that I've seen in a long time. And you just can't help but like root for her. And absolutely. Um, and I just relate to her so much. I feel like that's how I, my brain works and that's how I play. Because um, I have like social anxiety when I play and I'm like going into merge, like how uh, she just like is so, you know, stunned. So I like, I, I relate to her a lot. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Let's dive into this episode. It was a non-tribal elimination as Matthew has been removed from the game. Did he quit? Was he removed? I don't know. Everyone's going to debate about it. I don't think it's a quit whatever it is what it is um but we still need to check in on our friends atika it's day 12 dia doce carolyn will say day 12 in spanish and jam jam says she's now a native speaker 
Meanwhile, he will say that he will go home with so many accents of English. And speaking of, let's get a quirky chat with Carolyn. She will say that she was once in a Denver airport and asked for a bag, which in the Midwest means bag. And she will continue with the story. And they don't know what she is saying as we cut to Jam Jam and Joss saying that they don't know. Um, they tell her it's bag. She says bag. She says they sound like a goat. And this is why I love accents and Carolyn. Do either of you have any quirky accent moments? Uh, for me, when I went to school in Boston, um, I was read for filth for saying for how I said the word water. Uh, in New Jersey, we just don't have intermediate T's. We don't say the T in the middle of the word water. Uh, what about you? Any uh, interesting accent quirks? Um, yeah, so I'm from Long Island, uh, so I don't think I have a particularly strong accent, but I think people have definitely commented on the way that I've said water before, too. And uh, coffee is another one that I get mm -hmm. uh, criticized for, cause, you know, because I, I really emphasize like the coffee instead of coffee. You got to go to the mall, have some coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then another thing that Long Islanders and New York people to say, which I didn't realize was a thing until later on in life, was we say that we're online for something instead of in right. Um, so that's one that I get uh, criticized for a lot. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah, I guess most people don't like when I talk to people who are new to me, they have no idea where I'm from because I don't think I have like any sort of accent. Um, sometimes I say idea, but that I think is just like, I don't know. Is that a New York thing or a family thing? I have no idea. Um, it's a New York thing. I, I have some family from uh, New York who adds R's to words. I'm like, really? No, yeah, it's no, not the right one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then, as a child, I watched a lot of Degrassi, so I put on like a fake Canadian accent for some reason, um, <laughs> and it kind of stuck with me for a little bit. And I still say it sometimes. So, sorry. Yeah. Now I, I I highlight this because we talk about Carolyn. This is just adding to her character profile. How could you not love this woman? Yeah, I think the Minnesotan accent really just adds like a whole other level to her personality, you know, just like it just it just makes it even better. Yeah, absolutely. Josh is feeling on top of the world as he thinks he would have gone home had they gone to tribal. He thinks this buys him a new opportunity moving forward and a new beginning. But now he is stuck on an island with Carolyn and Jam Jam, who calls who he calls ridiculous and chaotic. So he's ready to get off the island um you might just get what you wish for but jam jam will ask if josh is ready to get rid of him he says yep bye felicia and jam jam if you don't want him to say that don't ask the obvious question their dynamic is going to be really fascinating this entire episode yeah i think just that entire tribe is just chaos personified um i really enjoyed watching the tika scenes as when josh got swept with carson just because like you said in the beginning, it's just gay on gay drama chaos, which we haven't I really think, gotten. I don't think we've ever seen this intense gay on gay conversation on Survivor before. Now, like the general public knows how we interact in like our real world. Yeah, I was going to say during that conversation with Josh and uh, Jam Jam, I think that was probably the first time that someone was ever referred to someone else's girl and like, you know, like the gay <laughs> way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was uh, that was great. <laughs> Uh, we hear a squeal from Jamie, so something exciting must be brewing. Uh, we see at her camp, Danny has a little note, and to do the honors, he will ask for a trumpet sound. Uh, whatever comes out of Matt's mouth is not a trumpet. I don't know what it was. It's not even an elephant. 
But Danny reveals that the game is about to change. Drop your buffs. You have 10 minutes to collect your things. A boat is waiting to take you to your new home. Uh, that that 10 minutes to collect your stuff is worse than 15 minute quick drag on drag race. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if they forget something at camp? Does production grab it for them? Or is it like hasta la vista, baby? And you never get it back. I doubt it. Unless they're just doing it for us, you know, like. I think like, it is for us. Yeah, they want to give us the drama like they do on like other reality shows. So maybe it's just for us, but I, I mean, they don't have that much stuff anyway. So forgetting something, right? I feel like wouldn't be, would, would be probably detrimental. <laughs> like if they forgot a pot or like. <laughs> right. And I don't think their island, their, their jungle is actually as big as we viewers think it is. Mm-hmm. They only have like a certain square space to explore. Yeah, especially nowadays. Like, I feel like in the old days, they used to have more of a parameter of the area that they mm-hmm. could be in. And now they kind of um, crack down on that and don't let them explore that much. Over on Tika, Josh has the honors to share that they are off to a new home. They are relieved. On Ratu, they find out they don't need to pack. Their castmates are joining them on the beach. Which would you prefer? Would you like to go to a new beach or stay at your own beach? I think it just depends on the beach, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like the quality of your shelter. If you guys have like a crap built shelter and getting wet all night, I would definitely opt to try somewhere new. Maybe they have a better setup than, yeah. than originally had. I like the seasons when they got to like swap people to go check out um, a location. Then you got to determine which one you wanted to go to. I I, I like prefer those old days of Survivor. Yeah, that's very old school Survivor. I miss that too. I miss so many things about old school Survivor. Like when we had subtitles, we had themes. We didn't have women getting knocked out every week for the first five weeks. (laughs) The old days, olden days. Well, Carson is so excited that the game is changing up. He's excited to no longer be a calm peacefulness. Chaos is about to ensue. And he thinks he can capitalize on this. How will he start? Well, by reminding his friends that it does not say merge. They are in mergatory for now. And he'll note to Brandon and Kane that they are just on one beach. As his idol said, it doesn't have any power once he's on the same beach. Carson discloses that he had an idol because it is now powerless. He says there is no point of him finding it. And now we will have Lauren, who I forgot was on the show, reveal she does have an extra vote. Carson knows that Jamie has an idol, according to Matthew, but Carson doesn't know if it's fake. He doesn't know if there are any other idols on Tika or Soka, but us viewers will be reminded that Carolyn and Danny are proud owners of their birdcage idols. He is concerned that there are there's a lot of navigating, knowing there are potentially a lot of idols out there. And I agree. Let's reduce the idol input, Jeffrey. Um, do we need like a cheat sheet on the side of the screen at all times to know who has what? Yeah, well, I've said this before, too, like, you know, I find it confusing as someone who religiously watches the show and analyzes it and talks about it. I can't even imagine what it's like for, like, the Facebook casual fans trying to keep up with the show, trying to figure out who has an idol and what, like, when they barely even know the people's names. It's definitely, like, super confusing. Um, And I think, like, them introducing three idols for this merge twist, only for it to last, like, two rounds, and then they go to this mergatory so like it didn't even mind mattering because Tika was the only person that went to tribal. So it was like, what was the point of doing that? You know? I agree. Now, before getting to emerge, would you reveal what idols you had or would you continue to keep it a secret until you can use it as leverage? Mark, what do you think? I would, I would definitely keep it a secret, especially 
knowing that knowledge is power is out there. You never want anyone to know what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if you do maybe lie about what it is, you know, like, like say you have an extra vote when you really have an idol, just like, just, you know, if you want, if you trust someone that much, give them something so they can trust mm-hmm. you. But, but when there's, you know, stealing advantages out there and I, I just think in the new area, I would never tell anyone that I had an idol. Absolutely. Well, the votes arrive. All our friends are together on one beach. We see hugs from Jamie and Lauren. Jamie's excitement from one to 10 is at a 20 because she has met more people than anyone there. So she thinks she's the MVP, the most valuable player. And here I am being like, lady, you're a fool. Cannot wait to see you wipe that egg off your face. And maybe I'm alone. Am I the only one who cannot stand Jamie? I don't dislike her, but I definitely think the way that the edit's been going, they're probably setting her up for a fall. Yeah, I think she uh, is being portrayed as overconfident at this point. Yeah, I, I kind of want to like her, but I ha- I haven't gotten there yet. Like, she's she's like lovable and fun to watch, but mm-hmm. in the game play, I haven't seen seen much. She believes that she has the most information and says that if you can't see that, they are blind. She's such a silly goose. I love it. <laughs> uh, we will see more introductions, but it was the one between Kane and Matt that I was like, Kane is plotting for his nerd alliance. He wants to add Matt to his round table with Carson. Once Matt said he had nerves and anxiety, he knew he was one of them. <laughs> Have we ever seen like a nerd alliance do well? Have we ever had this many nerds on one season? Try to think. Maybe like um, like Adam and Hannah. I don't know, but like, I don't think it, that was like explicitly like portrayed as that. Right. But yeah, this seems to be like a theme that they're uh, they're going for this season. Kane gets to play the game harder, but he is nervous as he doesn't know information or targets. They are not merged yet, and there are still a lot of people he has to meet. Josh is so happy to be around people and not just Carolyn and Jam Jam. So we will watch him chat with his old friends at Soka. Brandon and Josh will go off a bit, and Brandon will reveal that Carolyn told him that Josh played his merge idol the first night. Josh confirms. And then she says that Josh claims he has the cage idol, and Josh will say he does. What? Why? We know that two people are very much onto your fake idol. Why use this as any sort of leverage? People will talk. And he thinks he can, like, dissipate this later. Now, suddenly, we will tell Jamie, he will tell Jamie that he has a fake Soka idol as he used the Journey idol to get there. He is not good at lying or a social game, is he? No, but but people were saying they have to get him out because he is like a social threat. I think Franny said that. And mm-hmm. I was like, how? He just told somebody lies to so many different people and not keeping them straight. So I don't know what she's seeing in that. I guess we maybe have missed that. Maybe. It's time for him to align his stories. But first, let's see how the others perceive his pockets. Heidi thinks Josh has something. Jamie's like 100% he does as she straight up asked him. Why does this silly goose think he would be honest with her? (laughs) She's so funny. Now that she's not done any fact checking confirmation, but she convinced Mr. Man has something. She, She knows it. She can feel it. Brandon's head is spinning as to what Josh has or doesn't have and what he's trying to do. Uh, same girl. Heidi thinks that the target has to be on Josh. Franny agrees. She is still concerned that Josh is still there because Josh really survived with the skin of his teeth when he left Soka, and he may or may not have a real idol. She's nervous. 
The new family will sit at the camp to start discussing the times before. Granny wants to know what happened with Sarah, and Josh will state that Jam Jam and Sarah tried to blindside him and he used his immunity idol to save himself. And then he will do the gayest thing ever and pointless say, right, Jam Jam, with a smirk on his face. He's <laughs> definitely one of those gays. <laughs> yeah, it's the pettiness for me. <laughs> And Jam Jam believes that Josh is holding a grudge too hard. It's the betrayal. As Jam Jam says, we were opposite sides. You betray me, I betray you. And I was like, oh my God, it really is the gay community. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I agree with Jam Jam though. I think like Josh, like what were you expecting? You know? (laughs) He is afraid of Josh's perception of him will affect other people's perception. So he's going to do some social work. He goes to Matt and says, everyone hates him. Matt says, no, not everyone hates you. I don't hate you. But Jam Jam notes that Carson left him five days ago and Carolyn left him out of the Sarah vote. So he does not know if she wants to still work with him. So for now, Jam Jam is all alone. Matt will reveal to Jam Jam that Soka is not quite as cohesive as it seems. And he says the plan is to get Josh out. Which is probably a smart move on Matt's part. If Jam Jam is claiming he's a solo player and he's already at odds with Josh, bring him in. He's a number. Matt says Josh keeps dodging bullets as he has nine lives being at Mergatorium. So Jam Jam tells Matt that he would have to keep, he, that he would have left to keep Tika strong, but he was left out. Uh, and Carolyn, who he loves, is super behaving. What does that mean? Well, it's whatever she's doing is not what she normally does. We have level one Carolyn, not level 10. Um, my dear Jam Jam, that is what we call playing the game of survivor and laying low. Carolyn's a smart lady. We're yeah, going to talk think- about her perception and how people receive her a lot throughout this episode. What do you think if you saw Carolyn on the island? Well, I think it's interesting because we didn't really get a lot of other people's perspective on Carolyn, like all the people that were introduced to her newly. Like we mm-hmm. mostly got like Jam Jam, Carson and Josh, his opinions on her because they've already been with her. Um, and I feel like Carolyn kind of had a similar situation when she started off on Tika too, where she felt like she was kind of like on the outs. So I think maybe it's one of those situations where like she said, she has like social anxiety. So it might be hard for her to open up when she's around new people, but also too, to your point, it could be her just trying to lay low. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure like what people were thinking with Carolyn and maybe that will be something that will be like explored later on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a mix of like social anxiety and maybe she's trying to lay low. I I think she's definitely not wanting to come off as someone who wants to like lead the charge at the moment and and definitely doesn't want to lead the conversation. Let's check in on Carolyn. But first, um, we got Plant Lady and her bucket list to grow a pomegranate tree in Arizona. And if she does grow one, Carson is moving to Arizona. Why, wh- were the editors forced to open with this conversation in this segment? Or do they have nothing else to talk about? Really what this was, was Carolyn having a weird feeling that she wants to be in, but she can't force it. So she will watch, um, we were going to watch a montage of random talking as Carolyn just looks around, rolls her eyes and proves that she is aware of what's going on. <laughs> um, she says it's like day one all over again. Um, but what is with this pomegranate thing in Arizona? Did I miss something? I don't I think know. I've been um, seeing some posts by Jamie and like she has like a bee, uh, beehive situation. Like she seems like she's all in on farming and planting and stuff. So I guess she lives up to her plant lady name. Um, and then Carson and then- wanting to see a pomegranate tree in Arizona. <laughs> what? Is he just being kind? 
I mean, you know, it's always Survivor out there. So maybe he was just sucking up. So strange. Yeah, I just feel like it was random chatter for Caroline to be like, what are these people talking about? <laughs> so Matt will tell a story about sweating and how it's gross. And Caroline's like, I like sweating. <laughs> I hate sweating. What is she talking about? <laughs> like uh, I said, I need air conditioning. This is why I'm not going to do Survivor. I don't know. I feel like I've come to the point now where whatever Carolyn says is just going to be like the complete opposite of what you would expect to. I mean, I, I'm maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but when she said at tribal council that she had a mace at home, I was like, of course, Carolyn had a mace and like as a child <laughs> growing up, like I wouldn't expect anything less. So <laughs> Carolyn tells us that she hates the initial hello. She struggles with it. And we're going to see her chat with Jamie about opening up to people, but she tells us that if she's not being real, it feels forced and phony, but she has trusted her heart and gut to get this far. So she knows she can do it. She can't wait to talk to Carson. She does trust Jam Jam 194%, but Carson's 99%. She hopes that they can pick up exact pick up where exactly where they left off. Um do I smell a potential winner's edit? Like I I we always watch the show, we read the edit. They're being very good to her. I think she definitely makes it either to the top or wins, but um, I don't know. Even in episode one, when they opened with her, I'm like, will they give a winner edit to someone who just, you know, opens the, the show with something so ridiculous and fun? I, mean, I, go, yeah. I go back to uh, 42 when all of the advertisement they did this season was all Marianne. Every single ad was Marianne. So they told us you will like her. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I'm, I would be so happy with it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm. Um, I think just in general, like the Tika three, uh, Carson, Carolyn, and Jam Jam seem to have the strongest edits right now, and maybe that's yeah. just because they've gone to tribal council the most. But I just don't see the other tribes with the way that they've been underdeveloped. Um, maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. Like Erica kind of came out of nowhere, but that's I true. think um, so far Tika has the strongest edit winning wise. Yeah, I all three not- of them. And I've met two out of three of the Tika three. I'm very excited. Like I just have to meet Carolyn and then I got them all. I caught them all. (laughs) It is nightfall and Carson and Carolyn will chat. They both say they trust each other 100%. She feels like he is in and she is not, but she's being honest. So he tells her that he thinks she and Jam Jam need to create connect. Carson tells us that he, Jam Jam and Carolyn formed the three stooges at Tika. We're really doing Alliance names on Survivor. Like it's big brother. Um, at least we get that if Jeff's not going to give us her subtitles back, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it. Just I think just based on the fact that it was three people that I like. Um, yeah. You know, if it was like three people that I didn't really care for, I'd probably be more annoyed. But the fact that Carson was going out of his way to align with Carolyn and Jam Jam, who are my two favorites, I was like, okay, you can get away yeah. with it. <laughs> Despite his other two stooges not having great position in the game, he thinks he can still work with them as they can work like a force without anyone knowing. So let's have Jam Jam enter the chat. Carson will tell him that they have to stick together. They just need to play a little down low because if they are identified as the three stooges, people will try to take them out. He wants to let the big forces go at each other and then come in, scoop up the bottoms and form his own alliance. But let's be real. He's the only bottom out there and I will gladly scoop him up. (laughs) there we go it happened it happened i brought it in um i i'm I'm gonna say it i his excitement and giddiness was very very cute and he looked really really cute this episode even with a shirt on good for him (laughs) 
later that night, um, we're going to watch Cuddle Time starring Matt and Franny. He will tell her that once they are actually merged, if he wins immunity and got to pick people for a reward, he would not pick her. Uh, not what, what I was expecting. I guess he's waiting for their Nigerian food date in the real world to get that smoochy smoochy on. Uh, but he says it's not personal. Franny will reject, reject the hypothesis. They start to giggle and I'm like, honestly, good for them. Um, everyone deserves love, right? Yeah, yeah they're so cute. Go ahead, sorry. Oh yeah, I love watching them. Like it's an actually like cute couple that you know, like they're always flirting, but still somehow I feel like it's not affecting their game as much, even though other people are saying it. I still feel like people still want to work with them. Yeah, and I mean you can split them up, but later on in the game, like just use them. You know, if you're working with a, a couple, that's two numbers to work with you. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I want a boyfriend to be silly with. Twinks, hit me up. I'm still waiting. Granny is still Matt's number one, and she is the only person who knows that and wants to keep it that way. This time, Matt will finally figure out that he and Franny have to stop hanging out as much because if everyone knows how close they are, it's really bad for the game. Franny asks if Matt tells people that they are tight, and he reveals that he has not said that, so she won't say that either. He will tell us in confessional voiceover that it's hard to leave each other alone, as the night vision camera pans into Franny and Matt holding hands. It's really cute. Now, you both have played a version of Survivor out in the wild. It wasn't obviously this many days in. You weren't as smelly and gross. Could you have a showmance on Survivor? Is that a thing that really happens? Or could you just not be intimate with someone who was smelly and gross? (laughs) Well, yeah, I think the the circumstances were definitely different because the games that we played were only one day um, Mm -hmm. and we didn't really have like a ton of time to get to know each other. So I think just the fact that you're cut off from everyone else and, um, you know, it's much longer leads to a more intimate situation. Uh, Personally, I don't think that I would be interested in someone if I haven't showered or brushed my teeth in that amount of time. Um, But I wouldn't be opposed to it necessarily. Yeah, I would definitely... I would definitely think it's possible. <laughs> I think I have like quick crushes all the time, even if it's like one night out. I'm like, oh, that was cute. So I think it's definitely possible. Even playing a game, I'm like, you know, you have to strategize and talk with these people and get to know them. So I think it's definitely possible. If I can do it in like two days, like someone can do it. it Absolutely. You know, 15. So, and, and you have so much downtime, you know, I think besides strategizing, you probably, you know need some kind of escape to think about something nice and fun and warm (laughs) well it is time for a challenge and to find out if a twist is about to rain down upon thee jeff welcomes them to the obstacle that is standing in their way to see another day he reminds them that they are no longer in the tribe stage of the game but they are not in the individual stage of the game yet as they do not have their buffs they will earn their way into the next stage of the game and no twist yay but first (laughs) it's time to give back the Party City Sword and Shield. Uh, for as much as I shit on it, if I had the money, I would probably buy it like at the Survivor auction at the end of the season just to have something. Um, are there any past Survivor artifacts that either of you wish you could have? Um, well, it's not an artifact because I think it was an Etsy replica, but if you can see back there, I do have the Heroes versus Villains um, immunity necklace uh, nice, that nice. I got as a birthday present. 
Um, I think some of the old stuff is like really cool if I had the money to spend on it for sure. Um, and the thing that annoys me about the sword and shield here is I think the, the, the theme is not as bad. I just think it doesn't make sense with it being in Fiji. You know what I mean? Like if they were to do like a medieval themed fantasy season somewhere in Europe or something, right. I would have been like all for it. Like, woo, cool. But the fact that they're just like shoehorning this into like a regular season in Fiji, I was just like, okay. It's odd. It's really, really strange. What about you? Any artifacts you wish you had? I, I go for the torches. Like if there's someone that I'm obsessed with on a season, I would definitely want their torch. Um, I used to go on like eBay when they used to sell them back then. And just like- They still do it. They still do it at the end of every season. Oh yeah. But I, like, I don't have that much money to spend. Yeah, literally. Um, but, yeah. I believe Gabler's was the most expensive last season. I was like, <laughs> who wants oh. that? Okay. What is the choice? Mm-hmm. All right. In this challenge, they will be randomly divided into two teams of six. They will dig up a massive boulder and push it through a series of obstacles, collecting a key along the way. They will work together to get everybody top the tile tower where they will use the key to unlock pieces to a large tree puzzle. First team to finish wins immunity, their buffs, and emerge meal. They will be safe at tribal, but they will still vote, but cannot be voted for. The losing six will get no buff, no food, no immunity, and one of the six losers will be the seventh person voted out. How would you do in this challenge? I think digging that much and then pushing up a giant boulder, you would be so tired. Like, even... I did a chat... The challenge the other day and I ran up like eight flights of stairs and I was immediately tired and gassed. So I don't know how people can like push things, dig and and be exhausted and have no food. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people do it. So I think I think, you know, adrenaline would get you going and you like wanna win, like it's a million dollars online. Um, so your body would just you know, it would just push through it, but I would suck at this. And I suck at puzzles, so I would just I would just definitely go home this episode <laughs> well you can always just 3d print the puzzle and then you can practice it because, um oh, we will talk about as far that. as the physical aspect though i think i would enjoy it <laughs> yeah I don't, well i'm not sure if this one is my challenge but we'll, we'll we'll get to it um let's see how the teams shake out first but first um jeff goes down the line and he's going to address danny about playing a part in someone's safety and danny will say that it takes a lot of skill but no one would say it uh, it doesn't also take some luck why did we have this does jeff just love danny danny has no part of this episode i don't even remember that happening honestly i think i must have zoned out when that oh <laughs> yes was when everyone's picking the rocks he like stops at danny and has a conversation i was like girl <laughs> really okay um also i would like to note that production had the cast stand in height order so if you were wondering here it is from shortest to tallest heidi carson lauren jamie danny josh jam jam carolyn franny matt kane and brandon now having met three of them i would be considered tall on survivor and my mind is actually blown i'm five nine Heidi has to be like five two. Wow, that's yeah, crazy. I, that's always been one of my um, like insecurities because I'm like five eight as well, and I've applied for the show like a million times. But I just think about the fact that if they do line people up by height order, which they tend to do a lot, I would probably be like on the shorter end. Um, <laughs> Not in this <laughs> cast because I think Jam Jam is um, five seven five eight. 
Yeah, he actually, he's like toward the end. Yeah. Crazy, insane. Now here's how the tribes are going to be shaken out here. Um, Purple, Matt, Franny, Carson, Carolyn, Jamie, and Brandon, Orange, Heidi, Danny, Lauren, Jam, Jam, Josh, and Kane. Pretty even split. No shockers here. Yeah, I was kind of happy with the way that that split ended up. I was worried for the team that had like Carson and Carolyn on it, but you know, just spoiler, you know, that they managed to pull it out. I was like, yes. Uh, I was thinking whoever had Carson was going to win the whole time. So I was like, okay, Carolyn, say <laughs> yeah. Right. The game is on. Time to dig out that ball. Um, it's very even to begin with. And I probably would do the least here that I could do when it came to digging. Like, I would let everyone flame out so I could look good later. I would be like, ooh, I'm digging. And everyone's like really going for it. They, they're not paying attention to what you're doing. They're in their own zone. I'm not going to waste my energy on digging. Smart. Orange will be out first, followed by purple. With it being pretty even, it's really about waiting for the team ahead of you to pass the obstacle. Do you think it could be an advantage to have to wait at an intersection to calm down and, and get reacclimated if you are the team behind the first team trying to push forward? Yeah, I mean, it does give you like a second to recover for a little bit. Um, I feel like with these challenges in general too, like I feel like the physical part doesn't even matter most of the time because the puzzle is such an equalizer. Right. Um, but yeah, I can see that being possibly an advantage. And why is it always Carolyn who gets slammed with the ball, the boulder? <laughs> Twice, I think, in this challenge. Purple will take the lead. Franny will get the key. Danny will go for the other team. Jamie will untie the knots for purple while it'll be Josh on the knots for orange. It's the wall. That wall would give me a nightmare. This is where I do not think I could actually do the challenge. Oh, I would have loved the warp wall. I do rock climbing and stuff like that. And like, you know, ninjas kind of adjacent to that. So I would have um, really had fun doing the warped wall. Yeah. No, I, I would be jam jam. I would be just be sliding down and be like someone just... Winnie the Pooh, me, push me up. I can't do it. The thing I couldn't understand with Jamie struggling was that it looked like Carolyn was the only one who was trying to catch her. And I guess Franny and I think Matt were like anchoring her feet. But like, why mm-hmm. didn't two of them go down and try and like grab her or something? That part just didn't yeah. make sense to me. Well, we're, so we're going to watch Franny conquer the wall and make it her bitch like Matt is her bitch. Uh, Matt will ultimately succeed as well. Carolyn goes um, they're three for three. When Orange gets the wall, Danny scales it. Um, Jam Jam will fail. Again, that would be me. And then Jamie will just flop and just requires everyone to help her up here, which is fine. We've seen it before. It's a strategy. Um, now, Orange will now take the lead with everybody up on the top. When Jamie gets to the net, Carolyn will grab her. And again, why is she the one grabbing her? Because she's not going to have the full strength to lift her up. Yeah, yeah. Again, that just that did not. I don't know what their strategy was with that. And then Carson scaled the wall. I was not not turned on. Um, speaking of that, uh, he just destroyed that puzzle. Um, smart boy, very very hot. He he knew what to do, and we'll discuss why he knew it shortly. But um, it will be Carson and Matt for purple, Jamie and Heidi for orange, and. In the end, Purple's just going to uh, take it over and win from behind, making the orange six vulnerable at Tribal. Now, Jeff gives Purple their buffs, and Jamie is sobbing. She didn't want to let her team down at the wall, so she's grateful that they were there to catch her when she falls and help her all the way up. And I was like, are you writing a song? What's going on here? And then Carolyn just starts sobbing. Why? Because she heard the word food. 
Honestly, same. I would probably do the same thing if I heard that I was going to get a feast. I just I love that. Yeah, I love that Jamie was just sobbing. Like, I don't even think it was fully her fault because they no, literally didn't, didn't know what they were doing that whole time. But yeah, I, I also cry sob like her. Like, I just, like, start, like, like I can't breathe and, like, tears come out and then I can't speak. But it was just, it made me like her more. Like, I felt she she was so natural and, like, it was just her expressing her feelings. What do you think of this new black and red buff? Not really a color combo we've seen like this before. Yeah, I wasn't opposed to it. I mean, I know that black is definitely overdone as like a merch color buff, uh, but I think the red accent definitely helped to make it stand out a little bit as absolutely fast buffs. Now, why did Carson excel at this puzzle? Well, the Twink 3D printed this puzzle at home and we are literally going to watch him do it in his NASA t-shirt, probably from his audition video. Is that the trick to get on now is to like do the puzzles? And with that, he says it's a lesson to always be prepared. Do you think it's time for the Dream Team and the Challenge Department to start changing up their puzzles, or should super fans be able to hack the game like Carson did? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the the frustrating part is that production and Jeff seem to like love the fact that these people are like 3D printing the puzzles and memorizing them beforehand. And I guess you can make the argument that it's just one other thing that you can do to prepare yourself for Survivor, like learning how to make a fire, learning how to build a shelter, learning how to fish or whatever. But I think it's just the fact that production seems so content to just reuse these puzzles over and over again. And they don't seem to care that like they're basically like the contestants are hacking the game at this point. It just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me. I think like they could easily, even if they just reuse the tree puzzle and just change the pieces around so that they're like slightly different. Um, But I don't know, they seem to be enjoying this like hacking the game aspect. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. I think it's I think it's it's very different from like fishing or making fire. Like you can easily change yeah, like you said, easily change it to a different puzzle. And I think it'd be refreshing to see different types of puzzles. Like we've seen some of the puzzles like, you know, ten times already. It's not like as exciting anymore. I mean, going with a medieval theme, they could have made it a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually would have liked that more than yeah. 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 All right, we're going to start at the Losers' Lounge as they ponder what they are eating. Don't worry, we will get to it. Jam Jam thinks of the six losers. He's in trouble. He has no meal, no buff, no hope. What's he going to do? First, he chats with Kane and Danny, and he will throw out Josh's name as he hasn't spoken to him since he got to the beach. Danny won't commit to Josh as he says that he will do whatever the winners say. Oh, yeah? Is it not because you already had a predisposed plan with Brandon that included Josh with your muscle bros? Is that part of why you're not going to commit to Josh? I don't know. But Jam Jam thinks saying a name was his biggest survivor mistake to date. Saying a name, he swallows his words. Do you think it was bad for Jam Jam to say a name or was it already out in the open that the two of them just did not care for one another? I I think, I mean, it's a way to preserve yourself if you're like the second name out there. But I feel like he he doesn't have that many connections with people. So I, I would definitely work with someone that I actually knew if other people are also not, you know, coming forward and trying to use you, like trying to vote with you. So at least, you know, Josh is an option to work with. 
I guess he could have waited for Carson and Carolyn to get back to find a name to throw out there. But um, as Jan Jim says, he just he, he, loose lips sink ships. He just can't stop talking. <laughs> Classic survivor quote. Mm-hmm. Back at camp, Heidi and Lauren don't have a name. Does Josh? You know that gay ass is going to throw out Jam Jam and throw him under the bus. He's got a personal thing against him. Sir, it's called a vendetta. Call it what it is. Lauren and Heidi seem to be down as Jam Jam isn't a number for anybody. Now, I understand in this vote, it's always best to be the majority. um, But like a solo player is a number for you because you can take him in. I don't like what are we thinking here? Well, when Josh goes off, the ladies will discuss the real snake, Josh, and whether or not he has an idol. They both have heard that he has an idol, but do they believe him? So Heidi will now open up to us in confessional and say that she does think a vote for Jam Jam would not be best for her game as sending Josh home would be. See, there's the logic. Because before that moment, I was like, oh my God, why are these these two playing so bad as well? If Josh does have an idol, the plan B could be Jam Jam or it could change. And guess what? Things are going to be flippy floppy. Um, Let's get to our merge feast. What's one item you would hope would be in the merge feast should you get there? Like for me, charcuterie board. Oh my god, that's that's my dream. I love I love cheese so much. Yeah, I would probably just be craving like carbs, like bread or mm-hmm. like pasta or something like that. <laughs> I was gonna say wine, but I've I've been not drinking lately. But I feel like if I were on the island and there was like wine presented to me after having starved for, oh, I go back and forth though because I feel like you would get like sickly drunk. <laughs> oh, you would get litty. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely want, like, pizza, but I'm also scared of overeating, like, what Joe did, and he just, like, had to leave because he couldn't shit, you know? Well, like, that stuff, meat like- was probably not the most well-prepared meat uh, survivors ever given to their contestants. <laughs> um, but also, knowing what the Fijian pizza is, I think I would actually say, you know what, I will pass on this. Um, because <laughs> the reports being that it's the worst pizza ever, anyone's ever eaten, um, I don't know if I'm that hungry. We'll see. <laughs> The winners arrive at their merge feast, and I have to wonder, do you miss, one, the full tribe merge feast, and two, when the show would hide advantages within the merge feast? I do miss the merge feast. I feel like at this point, the the fake merge, mergatory, whatever you want to call it, I think it's starting to get played out a little bit. I don't think it's necessarily yeah. creating the drama that they're looking for. No. Um, the advantage in the merge feast did lead to some good moments uh like randy throwing the idol in the water and everything um but yeah i think they should just do away with this fake merge thing i think it's it's played out at this point i just want someone to be like eating all the pasta just to get to the bottom of a plate that has a clue on it like that's what i miss yeah Now, Carson, the underage at the time child, has found a bottle of wine, and Franny is like, let's go, let's go. I mean, I I, I think I would be the same. I think I would just go for the wine. Uh, Remember Jamie's wand from a couple episodes ago? Well, her wand has allegedly been very busy. Win the challenge, bling. Get your buff, bling. Win immunity, bling, bling, bling. Shut up. No, that one didn't work. She's going to ask. She's going to ask the table who the biggest threat is with the remaining six and Matt will offer Josh on a silver platter that he is a big threat. Franny says he's an adept social player. Jamie worries that if he has an idol, he'll play it and there needs to be a decoy vote. Brandon is worried about Josh's idol or no idol as the man has told people two different things. So who's going to be plan B? Well, remember Josh having a vendetta? 
Brandon does too. Matt will ask if anyone has close to Kane, and Brandon's like, I used to, but the way he looks at me, something else is going on. Oh, and he voted for me. <laughs> is it? You both have played before. Are holding vendettas a good thing? No. Yeah, I would say no, but I, I would say it's hard to not have a vendetta. I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> um, People think you think you have a vendetta, so they'll come after you harder. And it's it's like that, you know, back and forth cycle where you whoever has to get each other out first. But but things flip so fast that you need options and you can't close it off like to never working with this person again. And Brandon is so convinced that Kane will come for him. But from our vantage point, Kane has literally apologized and seems to have Brandon like nowhere on his radar. Carson will smartly tell the table that they have to be careful who they tell because they do not want Josh to play his idol. Notice this line and remember it later on carolyn will be like y'all stop josh does not have an idol he showed her the one he had from the journey he already used it then he said he had an idol the other day and jam jam depunked it being the beats from tree mail so she will be like so now do you think he has an idol no response and franny's like well we have to plan in case he does and there goes carolyn rolling those eyes again she's frustrated that no one believes her how would you handle it if you were literally telling everybody the truth and no one is on board with it? I mean, she's safe at that point. So if they don't want to listen to her and someone else winds up going home, then it's on them. You know, I think if she was vulnerable, it would have been a more um, serious situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think this is the first time, not the first time, but she senses that people don't believe her and aren't giving her um you know the credit of what she's saying so it's kind of frustrating and i think she'll she'll remember that matt was doing so well this episode and then he flubs it all again with his stupidity as he says maybe josh leaves fake takes real but leaves the paper that says it's a real hidden immunity idol dude silly goose but carolyn is done and i can sense her frustration what do you think the struggle of being a big character plays into perception of not having a good strategy? We often see big personalities as just that, but we have now entered this new era where you can be both a big personality and have good strategy. Does Carolyn have a chance to be taken seriously at all this season? Hmm. I think she does, but I, I, I'm kind of hoping that she stays under the radar because if she's like figured out as being like this big strategist, I feel like people will be like, Oh, she's lovable. She's fun. And she's good at the game. They're going to want to come for her at some point. Yeah. So it's almost like, you go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think I was going to say, I think it's still early. Like I I think they don't have a good enough read on her yet. Like everyone, all the other people to say whether they think that she's a good strategist yet or not. So almost having Carson as her shield is probably a good thing for her at this moment yeah well as they're eating the skies open it starts pouring um why couldn't they just put him under a tent like i would say save the food <laughs> they look at the weather map, right? all right it's pouring and everyone is huddled under the shelter as the winners arrive back and they share that they did have a charcuterie board like matt i wondered if they could all fit under that shelter so franny offers the caves um by the well normally i would be like let me go there but um this is my first time to talk strategy as a big group after immunity i'd rather be dry but at least i'm alive so rain on me jamie 
thinks it will be an easy tribal with the vote on Josh. Heidi will ask if any of their names came up at the meal, and she says it's pretty unanimous on Josh, but she's back on her idle chatter. So now that Kane is the second target, Jam Jam seems to be in the clear. Right? Let's find out. At the cave, Franny and Josh chat where Kane is what is proposed to Josh. He says he is open, but his gay ass is like, no, give me Jam Jam's head on a spike. Why would he do that? I find it hard to figure out anything that Josh has done this entire season. So Same. Yeah. <laughs> he will offer Jam Jam to Franny and she's like, oh, okay. Should he have uttered those words or, or does Franny, is, does he think Franny's still cool with him? We know she's not. I mean, before he swapped to Tika, I think he thought everyone was with him and he could like right. pick this out. So I think he just is like, oh, I have her. Um, so I'm going to tell her exactly what I'm thinking. Now, Josh knows that Jam Jam might stay, so he needs to squash his beef with Jam Jam to make it work. They chat about banding together instead of everyone separating them. Josh says that it makes sense for him and Jam Jam to write Kane's name down as they know each other and neither of them know Kane. Josh claims he can save his personal vendetta against Jam Jam for another day. Josh will grab Jam Jam's face, kind of like how Carolyn did, to say that they're good. And Jam Jam was like, I thought you were going to kiss me. I'm married. And this is why Jam Jam's perfect at this game. He's hilarious. Yeah, that was a great moment. And then they're going to do a double cross handshake. And I was like, what are we doing? Are we in middle school? I have not seen that in ages. Jam Jam will tell us in confessional that Josh staying, uh, saying Kane is a great idea, but he likes Kane and doesn't want to write his name down. He wants to write Josh's name down and say, bye-bye, baby. Um, he wants the gratification. If you had a vendetta against someone and got to write their name down at Tribal, do you have like a good exit line for them? I would um, I would resist the urge to just quote Crystal Cox voting for Randy. Um, <laughs> that's a, that to this day is probably my favorite voting professional of all time. Um, or Kelly Goldsmith voting out Lex. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I would. Well, they they barely even show the voting professionals anymore anyway, too. So I like I feel like it would be wasted. But I don't yeah. know. Maybe for the DVD extras. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, Jam Jam will ask if Josh will play his idol, and Josh will keep up the charade with Jam Jam and say he probably has to. And then Jam Jam is like, give it to me. And when Josh breaks out that girl, you know it's like the friendships is whack. Jam Jam thinks he should give it to him because they're making friends. But like Jam Jam knows, it's fake. Josh knows Jam Jam knows it's fake. Literally, if he gave him the idol, it would bond them and show trust. But alas, Josh is just too much gay pride. Why wouldn't he just do it? Yeah, again, I, I don't know what Josh's thinking here was because, like, clearly Jam Jam, you know, deduced that Josh's idol was fake anyways. But then Josh said that he had, a, like, a real one too, right? So, like, it was, again, this is just, like, to the point where the amount of idols and fake idols gets so confusing to me where I'm just like, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't think Josh knows what stories people know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Back at camp, Brandon says part of him hopes Josh goes home. And I was like, okay, that's a weird switch. But part of him hopes it's Kane that does go home because he does not trust him. Franny will ask the group if Kane will freak out if he sees his name. And Lauren is like, he freaks out anyway. Um, is this a safe way to say that we've just not seen enough of Kane to know his nuances yet? Yeah, yeah I, I just haven't seen. Uh, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, you're good. Oh, uh, okay. 
I just think we haven't seen enough of that tribe in general, just because they only went to the tribal council that one time in the first episode. So like, we don't really know what the dynamics are with them a hundred percent. Yeah, and no, I, I, I yeah. think. So. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, Kane seems very like more powerful and more strategic than than I would have thought. Like, I like him trying to rally uh, during this episode was really impressive, and I wish we could see more of him. Absolutely. Now, Brandon's just word that Kane finds out that his name uh, is out there, and he will ruin the plan. So, guess what happens next? Carson will chat with Kane and ask him how he's feeling, and Kane is a little nervous as he his ass could be on the line. And we'll ask Carson if he heard anything. So, remember, our little twin friend said, "Be careful who you tell what to." Carson will share that Soka was pitching him. Um, why, Carson? You were doing so well. He's going to tell Kane that he's worried Josh does have an idol and will play the idol and he connects with Kane. So he wants their nerdum to work together. Kane's going to run this information to Brandon and ask him if his name came up and Brandon has to tell the truth and say, yeah, yeah, it did. Kane is now concerned that his name is out there and doesn't understand why Jam Jam's name isn't an option anymore. He doesn't know why his name was thrown into the mix. So Kane is now on a crusade to target Jam Jam as the other option because whoever Josh would vote for, should he have an idol, which he doesn't, will go. Kane calls Jam Jam a more chaotic player, so let's get rid of him so he's safe. Uh, he doesn't know these people. But Brandon will tell Carson it was a bad move to tell Kane, and we will see Carson flounder probably for the first time publicly. Carson, for the most part, very good at speaking to people. When he can't form a sentence, you know he's shitting his pants. Yeah. I think this wow. is a really bad yeah, go move. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I thought it was yeah, I thought it was a really bad move by Carson to tell Kane this because it's like I know he wants to protect Kane, but also it's putting the target bigger on his other ally, who is Jam Jam. So I feel like sacrificing one person for another, and when he could just have, you know, gotten rid of Josh. Is there a possibility Carson's already on to Josh and knows that there's not an idol to play? Yeah, then why even say Kane's name to him just to build right. trust, you know? Mm-hmm. just like build a, a block of paranoia Matt will tell Kane that he thinks Josh has a real idol uh, so much promise in that silly goose so much promise all gone once again so Kane gets Matt and Danny to switch to Jam Jam as Matt wants a large minority because he does not have a vote he thinks Jam Jam is an easy vote for most people still in the game uh, which is very funny how off this kid is at this game of Survivor so suddenly he tells this Jam Jam option to Franny and Jamie and Jamie's on board Matt runs this option to Josh, but he knows that if Josh escapes this vote, he is Superman with bullets bouncing off his chest. Meanwhile, Carolyn will say she doesn't know what's going on. And well, this is going to be proven real soon, but we will get to that. The nerves are high. The confusion is real. The editing is wild. The matrix of relationships is exponentially larger in a group of 12. If your mind is spinning and wonder how we will get from here to the ultimate vote, well, let's figure it out and go to tribal. It's time for survival with a capital S. What was it before? Survivor with a lowercase s? <laughs> Postmaster, think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. He was looking for a soundbite, I think. He really was, and it was really bad. Postmaster <laughs> General Jeff is ready to welcome his 12 soldiers to tribal. Jeff will ask Carson what the biggest difference having so many people living together, and he says that on an individual tribe, you can keep track of what is going on, but it's chaos when they're all together. He says you have to rely on the people you trust more because you don't know the conversation they had and what they are saying about you. Kane will say you have to operate from a place of belief and trust. He met some of these folks a day ago, so he doesn't know what they're all talking about. 
He met some of them 13 days ago and still doesn't know what they're all about, which is very illuminating to Kane's game. His social game really is not that good, is it? Or is this just a play for tribal? Yeah, I, I, I think it's just hard to tell because, again, we haven't really seen too much of him actually playing because he's been safe for so many rounds. Mm-hmm. Jam Jam says that Tika is coming into the tribe with a disadvantage and he and his big mouth may be an easy target. Jeff will ask him if he talks too much or says the wrong thing. He says it's a thing that happens in his normal life. He says he can see the faces when he speaks more than he has to speak, but he just can't stop. And he just can't stop now as Jeff looks at him and Jam Jam thinks he just wants more. Two of you in a tribal situation, are you talkative? Are you going to take a seat back? What do you do? Uh, I personally take a seat back. Like, I feel like you don't, don't want to say too much to give away what you're actually thinking or what you're actually doing. But I mean, you can also say false information to throw off the people that you're not working with or mm-hmm. keep people that you're working with comfortable enough that they don't suspect that you're going to flip on them. Yeah, I um, I tended to not say a lot. And I think that would frustrate uh, George, who's the host of our show. Because I think, you know, Jeff especially wants to prod people. Um, so if you're not giving him what he's looking for, he's probably just going to dig further <laughs> yeah. until you say something. Now, Josh will say he comes in with a unique position that he is part of the quote-unquote Tika 3, but he has established relationships with Soka. He said that when they came back together, it was an opportunity to reconnect, cut to Franny's face of pure giddy and giddiness, knowing she's about to destroy him in a couple minutes. <laughs> Brandon notes that there was a lot of talk about idols, whether fake or not. And Carolyn follows up that there has been so much speculation about idols and fake idols in a cage that they just have so much information. She's used to talking to pe- two people and this is just insanity. So Jeff will throw out a scenario about being the one person being left out of the vote. And on first watch, I was like, but why are you saying this? On rewatch, I was like, oh, oh, this now makes more sense. Heidi will compare this to driving a car. She picks up one person and they tell her plan A and story A. She picks up another person who tells her plan B and story B. So which is it? Is it going to be the person with plan C and story C? It's all over the place. Jam Jam says that there hasn't been a tribal where he wasn't scared. He thinks that the six losers are feeling the same as they are not really sure what's going to happen. He will ask Jeff if they can go back to the beach and not do this vote and vote out two people next tribal. And he says he won't eat for two weeks. Listen, there have been more perplexing negotiations on Survivor before. <laughs> Jeff could have accepted this. Um, who? I mean, let's be real. Jam Jam, I think, is like me. I think we need food to survive. So I don't think he really would not eat for two weeks. <laughs> Matt says the game has turned a corner from bunny slopes to double black diamond, then confetti, then a picture you have to put together as you're going downhill, and then you have to vote. What? He's really bad at speaking. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily just even him, too, but I think these tribal councils now have gotten to the point where everyone feels the need to make some metaphor to the game of Survivor, and (laughs) Jeff, like, eats it up every single time, too, and I'm just like... It's all Christian's fault. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long it's been going on for. Maybe he was the one who started that, but it's gotten a little over. He definitely so. amplified it because Jeff definitely like focused in on him many times. Yeah. It's time to vote. Uh, we're going to hear Carolyn spot something and say she had one of those growing up. Um, I didn't get, I was watching on my iPad, so I couldn't really zoom in. What was she talking about? I saw like a, uh, she reposted a picture and it was just like a suit of armor that she had in her house. 
So it was just like, I don't know, it was probably on her front porch from like, I don't know, her parents or something, but. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. she posted the suit of armor, but when she like when she looked back on it, it looked like she was pointing at like the mace. So I was, I, that's what I thought initially what she was talking about, which I think would have been more interesting, but. Um, also, she's yeah. been there before. Should, shouldn't she have noticed it? Yeah. (laughs) When Jeff returns, no one plays anything. No fake tree male idol. By a vote of seven three to one, Josh was voted out. So let's dissect this. Matt could not vote. We have seven votes on Josh from Carson, Danny, Franny, Heidi, Jamie, Lauren, and Jam Jam. Three votes on Jam Jam from Brandon, Kane, and Josh, and one vote for Kane from Carolyn. Okay, was this the best move? And does this now force Brandon to work with Kane or will he just jump ship forcing Kane to be the next target? Let's start there. Um, as far as the Carolyn's boat or- Well, more, more so with Brandon. We'll, we'll, Cause Carolyn, I want to start with next, but we'll focus okay. on Brandon first. Um, I think it was, I think it was more straightforward than what the show was presenting. Like, I think everyone just kind of got on board with, um, Josh going home. And then I'm sorry, who were the votes for Jam Jam again? Uh, Jam Jam was Brandon, Kane, and Josh. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what the aftermath is, but it seemed like it was pretty straightforward, Josh, but that could just be my perception. Honestly, the main thing that was distracting me during this whole situation was I was just taken back by the fact that it was three men who are in the contention for going home in a season where, you know, women have been targeted so frequently. Mm -hmm. So I think that was just like, I was blown away by that. (laughs) How the hell? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Do we think, uh, do we get to like what we think the implications of one vote on Kane would mean with Brandon? Yeah. What, what what does that mean? Like, cause he, he aligned himself with Kane here. Yeah. That is very weird. But do you think it was a play by Carolyn to, like, get them? See, I don't know. And let, let's discuss the Carolyn of it all. Yeah. She got left yeah. out of the vote. Um, how does she recover? Or does she have to find a way to say that, like, Josh maybe voted for Kane, throw someone else under the bus for Jam Jam's third vote? Or is she just going to have to sit back and be like, no one told me anything. Why? The only thing I can think of is if it was some sort of, like, contingency plan, if someone played Shot in the Dark um but i don't know that wasn't like expressed as her reason for doing that um so that could potentially be an option um but i don't think it's necessarily going to hurt her because i don't think the show presented it as being a mistake necessarily i guess we'll see what the edit is like next episode but i feel like they usually tend to protect people's games if they make like a wrong move yeah very it was very very interesting um, I got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Sure. Oh, yeah. What is Josh's legacy? A chaos. Which is funny because he's calling Jam Jam and Carolyn chaos, but he right. literally was just lying and not keeping it straight. So it was very chaotic to me, at least. Mm-hmm. I, I thought ultimately he was a fun character. I mean, he was a little underedited in the beginning and I didn't think he was really amounting to anything, but I think the switch to Tika really added to the dynamic of the messiness of that tribe. And just the fact that he was so bad at lying, um, it made him fun to watch. Um, so ultimately I was enjoying him overall. Absolutely. Who's in danger, girl? 
I still think Jamie. I think Jamie had like at some point she's got to be a target because she's just dead weight. And also um, she doesn't know anything. And she's just going to get herself in trouble by saying things she doesn't know. But I also see Kane as a problem right now because no one cares about him. I I still am like hoping Caroline can get in like this nerd alliance and take out all the bros. That's my, my hope. I hope so too. Um, After six episodes, the winner of the season is... Can we say can we say multiple people? Sure, I mean because I'm gonna still I'm sticking for, with it. I'm going someone from the um, OG Tiga three. Someone on purple is gonna win. Yeah, I think yeah. that's my answer too. Uh, one of Carson, Carolyn, Jam Jam. I think I'm I'm with Carson, Carolyn, or Franny. I don't I don't mm-hmm. see Jam Jam winning. I wouldn't be mad about it, but I I don't see it. It yeah, it's definitely possible. Um. I think what we've deduced in this podcast is we have really good characters this season. Definitely. Not all of them are playing strong, but they're good television. And I think that's the celebration of what this cast is, is yes, it's very diverse, but they're good people and they're real people. And that's why we still love Survivor. I agree with this. Oh, yeah. I love this cast. I'm so excited to see what happens next. All right. Where can we find you both on social media? Mark? I am on Instagram as Marks and Recreation because I work for the Parks Department <laughs> and I'm funny. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> James? Um, my Instagram is my name, uh, James Pascucci. That's P-A-S-C-U-C-C-I. And then Twitter, I believe, is an underscore in there because that was taken. So I think it's James underscore Pascucci. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you both for joining me. Welcome to the Block Talk family. I'm sure you'll have you back for future episodes of Survivor. My God, thanks for having us as my first podcast. I enjoyed it and it was so fun. Yeah, it was my first podcast as well and it was uh, a lot of fun. Um, and thank you so much for, uh, yeah, having us on. <laughs>